Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Would you guys help me welcome up? We're going to tag team this message tonight. My beautiful wife, Pastor Loren, welcome her up to the stage. Come on. I'll be his hype man. You want to say anything before we get going? Just, I'm going to be your hype man. I'm excited. No, no, you're going to get up here. All right, so yes. this will be just like a tag team wrestling match. I'm going to say He's a few first, things. Though. I'm going to tap you in. We've never done this before, so, so this is going to be good. Pray for us. It may rack up some counseling bills, but I think we got this. All right, you guys grab a seat. We love you. Come on. Worship team, you guys are phenomenal. Thank you for getting us in the right place, and that worship was great. Okay. All right, we wanna, we're going to talk for a few minutes about a couple, couple things, but I don't want to limit tonight because any level of oppression, torment, feeling stuck, God wants to bring freedom there. As I said before, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Whether this is your first time in and something like this, or you've been here before, just let the Holy Spirit do His work and highlight where there's, where there's breakthrough, where there's freedom available for you. And don't leave here until you, you actually see that happen, until you feel that happen. We're going to have our team up here praying. It's going to be a powerful day. So I'm going to jump right into it. Tonight is Freedom Night, and it's freedom from... As we said, any kind of oppression, demonic influence. Listen, the devil, we don't give him a whole lot of credit. You get down a bad rabbit trail, he's been defeated. He's a whooped pup already, okay? He's already took his licks. Jesus has defeated him. But if he can go incognito, because what does God love the most? You and me. And so the devil hates God, so how's he going to hurt God? He goes after God's people. Right? And listen... You can be saved, but you have authority over your life. And so if you are in agreement, if you have made an agreement with something that is not of God, that can leave an open door in our lives. If we've made agreements in the past that we've never broken off of our life, even to be honest, the Bible is very clear on this, that sometimes it can be generational. Something granddad or great grandpa or mom and dad opened a door and, and we have authority to shut that door in Christ, but we have to make that choice. We have to come out of alignment. You understand that if you give away your authority, if you make an agreement with something, then there's an open door. And you can be, you can be heaven is your home, but we want to break off the agreements that aren't of God. Because when things get closer to God, when God's kingdom shows up in your world, when he shows up, what he brings is the fullness of him. He brings love. He brings freedom. He brings joy. He brings peace. The fruit of the spirit flows out. And the enemy wants to shut that down in your life. And so the first thing I want to talk about, because I believe it's a very uh, prevalent problem in our area, is shame. I want to break spirit of shame off of people because here's the deal 
Shame and religion, they like to work together. They're good friends. They hang out. Shame will, will push and prod and keep you down and out. What shame likes to do is cause you to hide, causes you to pretend, makes you feel alone because you're never actually able to be real. Because you actually walk around thinking, see, there's, there's different cultures in the world, and America is a what you'd call a guilt and innocence culture. So a lot of times we'll talk about, you know, when we preach the gospel, we'll talk about how God forgives you. He makes you innocent of your guilt because that's, that's our culture. We're, we're a, you know, we have a, a constitution that tells us right and wrong. We, we are in a guilt and innocent culture, but the Bible was actually written in the Middle East. The Middle East is actually a shame and honor culture. That's why you'll see those words come up over and over in your Bible again. And so the gospel isn't just to relieve your guilt. It was also meant to take away your shame. And I know particularly, and it, it sneaks in everywhere. Because we're a guilt and innocent culture, sometimes we don't talk about how the gospel has also restored the honor in our life and remove the shame. And so I wanna go off on that real quick and just hit it. And then I'm gonna tag my wife in and she might add a little to that. And then we've got a few other things, but shame. See, God never intended man to carry shame. Genesis 2.25 says this. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Original intent, how God made you is you were never meant to carry shame. That's not, that's not a human thing that we're supposed to, and that's why it, it, it rots us from the inside. It destroys us. And so we were never meant to carry shame. So I want to just, to set up the preface for breaking off shame, I want to present the gospel, but in, from the lens of shame and honor. Okay, so let me just break this down really quick for you, because there's been some wonky teachings all over the world about the gospel, particularly in Salt Lake. There's definitely some wonky teachings. So let's start at the beginning in Genesis. God existed for all eternity in full glory and honor. God has existed for all eternity in full glory and honor. He has no beginning, he has no end. For him to create time, to create space, to create matter, you have to be outside of a thing to create the thing. So he's outside of all our concept of time, matter, space. He created it. He's existed for all time. He has existed in honor and glory for all eternity. To magnify his glory, to magnify his glory, he created the world and spoke it life into it. To bring him glory. You were created to bring God glory. The Bible says that you were created in the image of God. Man was created to bring God glory. And instinctively, we know that. That's why when we violate the Ten Commandments, when we violate the law God wrote in our heart, we, the first reaction is shame. Because we, we were intended. That was God's plan. See, and God crowned Adam and Eve, the first two people, with his glory and honor. In fact, he, he created us to co-reign with him on earth. He gave us dominion and power and authority over the earth. And we're children made in his image. But here's the deal. Adam and Eve were disloyal to God. They were disloyal to God. And they brought shame to his name and his goodness. So that caused God, in his honor and glory, to remove 
to remove himself from that relationship. Even though we were made to walk with him and to talk with him and to be with him, he pulled away from that relationship and let us go on our own shame. We made the choice. Mankind made the choice. We actually welcome in a false honor. It was honor that the devil used to trick Adam and Eve. They were already made in the image of God. Already his children. And what's the devil say? Man, if you take this fruit, if, you, if you'll, God set up a kingdom where he gave something, we have authority because we are in submission to God. How did we stay in submission to God in the garden? There was one tree we were supposed to take care of but not eat from. Does that make sense? You can't have authority unless you have submission. You get a badge to be a police officer because you have submitted to the law and you're defending the Constitution. Your authority doesn't come from you. It comes from the, comes from the government, comes from you submitting to what you're called to do. And so this caused shame. Our, our, our disobedience, our disloyalty caused shame in both, in both Adam and Eve. Notice their first reaction when they were disloyal to God, disobeyed God, says that they grabbed fig leaves and sewed them together. That whole thing about them being naked and feeling no shame, all of a sudden, the first thing that comes in when they violated God was shame. It says that they sewed fig leaves together to cover their shame. Genesis uh, 3, 7, just bringing the Bible in. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together. And then go to verse 10 for me too. So God comes looking for me, said, we heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. You see that break of relationship right there. But God wasn't gonna leave his children on their own despite humanity's disloyalty. So he sets aside a people a people group, and he makes covenants with them. He says, if you will come back into honor of me, if you will follow me, you'll be blessed. And Israel did what humans, broken humans do without our restored relationship with God. They would cheat on him with other gods, false gods. They would begin to adopt worldly ideologies. They broke that covenant yet again. But God kept foreshadowing his ultimate rescue plan. And his rescue plan was to send his honored and glorified son. Jesus was fully in honor and glory in the kingdom, and he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to strip off his glory and honor and become one of us, become a man. One man who could live out an honoring life for God. So Jesus comes and he lives a perfect life, and he upsets the norm. He upsets the religious people who've created a false system to build honor and accepts leaders, you know, government officials who have, are working in a world honor system, which is false because honor comes from the Lord. So Jesus gets put to a shameful death, a shameful death. Understand that all of our stained glass window paintings, he didn't get a little loincloth. He was, hung, he was beaten by a whip treated like a common thief and a murderer, beaten, mocked, put on a crown of thorns. He went to that cross naked and ashamed. But because of his obedience and living that perfect life for God, he broke the power of shame. You see, stepping into shame 
an innocent man, a man who deserved no shame, only deserved honor. He broke the power of shame. And then God honored that obedience by raising him from the dead, resurrection power, now making it possible for him to make the exchange with us and give us his honor and take our shame on that cross. That's the gospel. And now we've probably heard a version of that with guilt. You can exchange it too because Jesus died for all the above. He died to take away fear. He died to take away death. He died to take away shame and guilt. And why I bring all that to you today is that the gospel was always meant to have a full effect on your life. Not just forgive you and give you a free pass to heaven, but to take the shame off of you. And why, why I feel so want to push on this is that religion uses shame to get you in alignment. But Jesus wanted to take away shame. That's why it's atrocious. We need to understand this for freedom. It's atrocious to try to earn our salvation because we go into a worldly system of if I do enough of this, I get honor. If I do enough of this, if I do that, I get shame. But Jesus wanted to break that cycle. He chose you. Now hear me on this. If you believe in Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, yes, you responded, but he chose you. He chose you to be an adored son or daughter of the king. And his honor is with you. Not because of your performance. Despite your performance, he calls you his. He says, that's my child. And his honor wants to be on you. He wants to remove the shame tonight because he never intended for you to carry that. You're his. The problem with shame is shame causes us to do things. Most of the wars, racism, and big problems in the world today are actually man's attempt to hide their shame and put on a fake honor. That's where, the, that's where sin comes from. Is we, we lie and we cheat and we do these things to avoid shame and to get honor. So I wanted to lay that foundation because we're going to break that off today. You need to know that God does not want you to be ashamed. Your past, he wants to fully wash you clean of it. No more shame about it. Don't be embarrassed about it. In fact, use it against the enemy as your testimony. Use it for the, a neighbor who's in shame. Do not be ashamed. None of us came to Jesus. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us got to Jesus because we were good enough. I was a hot mess on legs. And we all were. And so I have no shame of the stupid things I did in the past. And if you need me to share how Jesus delivered me from that, to help you know that he could deliver you from that, I will. With no excuses. I was a sinner. And Jesus fixed it. And I still am not perfect, but that love keeps transforming me. So we're going to break shame night. I'm tapping you in, baby. Let's go. Boom. Come on. That's amazing. So we can live unashamed. In, the, in, the, in addiction, for example, that's a form of us being in shame. So if you are wrapped up in addiction, in drugs, in alcohol, in a certain cycle that you can't seem to get out, that is a form of you living under shame. And so that's why when Pastor Matt's bringing that up today, we want to break that off of you because you have the exchange right in, front of, right in front of you that Jesus is extending that to you. That no matter what we've done in the past, no matter what, what shame or sin that we've committed that is 
that wraps us in shame and causes us not to be who we're actually truly made to be. The thing with uh, especially religious shame, and we wanna tackle that in this, in this valley, in this campus, that we don't want any religious shame to ever have any, any residual ounce to be alive on us, <laughs> nothing. And so we are breaking shame in Jesus' name today. The, one, the thing that I wanted to go after too that does bring shame, but it also brings something else. We wanna break soul ties today. So in Freedom Night, we want to break off shame. We want to break off shame and we want to break off soul ties. We want to break off any sexual immorality that has happened that uh, has that causes us to uh, be tormented. Do you know that the Bible actually says that when you have sexual sin, See, there's, there's different types of sins. There's sins that we could do. I can go to the candy store and steal some candy. And that's a sin, you know, God doesn't want me to steal. But that's an external thing. And that's actually, I actually did do that when I was young. I was around 12 years old. My friend lied to me. She said that, oh no, my dad's the owner of the store. Let's just go across the street and you can take some. And there was something inside of me, the Holy Spirit, right? That is like, you know, don't take the candy. But my friend said that the dad's the owner. So anyway, I took the candy. Where even am I going? But yeah, so there's external shame or external sin that we can commit like stealing some candy from the candy store. But then there's one sin, which is sexual sin, which is internal sin. So when you commit sin, it changes you inwardly. It's an inward, it's an inward sin. Let me try to bring something up so that you guys can believe what I say. I do. <laughs> All right, 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. I'm going to go to Proverbs 5, 3 through 5. It says this, for the lips of an immoral woman drip honey. This is talk about, talking about the desire of sex. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey. So it's sweet and her mouth is smoother than oil, but in the end, she is bitter as a wormwood. I actually have a wormwood. We have a wormwood uh, table. Did you know that? And it continues to form holes in it. I don't know why, but anyway. Don't eat the table. Don't, don't eat the table. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood. Sharp as a two-edged sword, her feet go down to death, her steps lay hold of, of hell. So when there's sexual sin, it will look so sweet, but ends in bitterness. It looks so sweet, but leads to death. And so that's the one thing. So the, the thing that the enemy, the, one of the ways that the enemy can come in is through a stronghold of bitterness. He can come in through unforgiveness, and also bitterness. Those are two main ways that the enemy can come in into our heart. It says to protect our heart and out of it flow the issues of life. And so with sexual sin, it in comes, when we commit that, when we sin against God, in comes into our, our heart an issue of bitterness. Because after you can, God made sex. So if there's kids in here, I don't know, you might wanna just, Okay, they're good. 
so when you commit sin that's outside of the covenant of God, what you're doing and outside of, of marriage, so what it's doing is, is it's coming in and sex, sex is great. It's sweet. God made sex. And so, right? Yes. Amen. Case in point. And it, it's, it's sweet at the beginning, as sweet as honey. And then when it's outside of, of marriage, outside of how God intended it, in comes bitterness into your heart. So you're living with now bitterness. All of a sudden you're turned. Bitterness comes in and in a spirit of death comes in and enters you. The beautiful thing about sex, how God created it, is, uh, is, is that, so again, this is a little 101, but when you're a virgin, a virgin woman, and you have sex, the first time you have sex, there's, there's some blood that comes after sex. And isn't that interesting that God compares marriage, that the scriptures compare marriage with, with the covenant? Yes. Am I saying it right? Okay, very good. Let me just, I'll go to scripture. So again, scripture is always good. It's in Ephesians, it's in Ephesians in chapter 5. So it says this, for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church and he's the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband. It carries on, carries on. Let me see, I'm trying to find the very last one. Man shall leave his father and mother and join to his wife so the two shall become one flesh this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. There it is. It's a great mystery, but I speak as concerning Christ and the church. So there's a covenant that happens between a man and a woman. So when you go to the altar, it's your day to get married, you go there, but the true covenant doesn't begin and, well, yes, you, you say your vows there. But it's in when you go and you have sex with, with one another and it seals the covenant seal the deal. You seal the deal. And so it's interesting just as blood is on that. And, then, and back in, uh, I think, Old Testament times, they used to keep the, the sheets of, of the blood during that night as uh, it was, it was a, a purity type of thing. Like it, was a, it was a holy type of sign. So Jesus, when he spilled his blood on the cross, he did that for a, new, for a new covenant for us. So when he did that, blood was spilled and a new covenant was formed, just like how in marriage that happens. So Jesus, he will always keep his promise. He always has his covenant with us. Us, on the other hand, when we go outside of the, the form of marriage that, that he gives us, if we commit sex outside of marriage or some type of sexual sin, it's like a, Jesus would never do that. It's like as if, if he would ever do that, that would be like, it's like adultery to him. Or I don't even know. It's defiling everything. But I thought that was so interesting that in, uh, in that form, it's a beautiful picture of covenant. And, and for us to go outside of it, it's, it defiles us. So we go against God and his covenant. And so bitterness can creep in. 
So soul ties and all that stuff, it says that two become one. So we might have an instance, if, if you had sex outside of marriage, that we, when you have sex with your whoever, that there's a soul tie that is formed. And so now, you know, you go through life and now you get married. And then when a soul tie is existing, it's, it's a spirit that has a lot of power. And, and when you start to, you know, have sex with your partner, you could be thinking of this other person because you have a soul tie with them. And so it's this desire, maybe in dreams, this person can pop up and is trying to create a, a desire and it's an evil spirit. It's a demonic force that's in your life because uh, that's not how God intended it. But I love this, that it says that uh, in order to go, uh, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder, plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. So yes, your marriage is blessed. But if you don't go in and, and first bind the strong man, then, you, then you're gonna continue. These things will continue to pop up. It's almost like the, it's a, the soul tie. And, and the devil has, uh, loves to bring power in all of this, loves to create a, a high desire in, uh, in that whole sphere, sexual sin. And so you have to resist the devil in that. You have to renounce, you have to first recognize what's happening. So for us to just speak about it and bring it to light is a good thing. So God can be bringing to light, oh man, yeah, this person, I thought that I was over and done with them. I, I changed my number, I changed states. And yet still I have this, this image of this person who keeps popping up and popping up and popping up. And that's also where when you have, a, when you have sex with somebody with a, with a tie, there's, there's a, a bonding that takes place. That's also a doorway. There's sexual uh, um, diseases that are transferred through sex. Also the demonic, spiritually, things can be transferred through that. So you can see that if you're, you know, you're in another state and the other person is, you know, far, far away and uh, you come to find out, oh my gosh, like I've been having all of these crazy accidents and, and this and this happening and, and this disease or this sickness and so are they. It's, you still have a bond, a bond to that person and there's certain spirits that come in and so you have to bring that to the cross and the cross will break everything. It's his new covenant, the yes. new covenant who will never ever fail you. He will never fail you. He has never cheated. He's never cheated on you. The sin that we, that we make separates us, yes, but we are able to run back to Jesus, run back to the cross, run back to him and his, and his covenant for us and we can recognize it, and then we repent from it. We have to take some ownership of it in order to repent. So you renounce and you're gonna see God break that, that strong soul tie of that person or multiple people. See, the thing with sexual immorality is that you can't get enough. So it might seem like honey at the beginning ends in bitterness. Okay, but I want more. And it continues to go more and more and more into deep bitterness and into deep isolation. 
And so that's why we wanted to break that off of us tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I love this. I'm going to end on this, and then I'm going to tap you back in. That Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So don't be scared of the sin. Don't be scared of it. I think we can sometimes get a little overwhelmed and we can let the past, try, you know, create this deep, dark shadow that, that overpowers us. But don't be afraid of it. If you believe and you don't have a doubt, it will be cast out. It will be removed. So tonight, in Jesus' name, we're going to break off every soul tie, every sexual immorality, every shame. And what the third point that he's going to get tapped into is witchcraft. We want to break off witchcraft and control. Amen. Tapping you back in. All right. My one thought on soul ties. The Bible says that when a man and a woman sleep together, two become one. Okay, so that's, that's all those open doors are because it's part of you now. And as my wife so brilliantly put, the only way that gets unbroken is the covenant of Jesus. Jesus takes our, our breaking of the covenant and he gives us, because he's never made that. He, he never did that. He never broke the sexual plan that God had for humanity. And so there's an exchange of here's the restored, restored you. And listen, in a room this size, there's gonna be a lot of people who, and let me just, take the pressure off you. God can totally restore it. I had sex in high school outside of marriage, okay? So we got some high schoolers in here. We're not bringing this to bring shame. We're telling you, you can be set free. And you don't got to carry your exes or those one-night stands around with you anymore. Now, witchcraft, last one, because this one's present here too. I'm not necessarily talking about Hollywood witchcraft, because witchcraft actually is incredibly sneaky. It exists in the form of control and manipulation. The greatest example in the Bible is a lady named Jezebel. See, one thing about witchcraft is it's attracted to power. It's attracted to power because it wants to enforce its way. Often there's a lot of hurt and rejection and bitterness to people that step into witchcraft and so to protect themselves, they manipulate and control. And, and it can be active in men and women. And, and it raises up against the truth. It always raises up against the truth. Jezebel, when she got into power by becoming Ahab's wife, she began to usher in all this demonic worship, all this evil into, into the kingdom of Israel. And the story in Samuel or Kings? I think it's Kings. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that right now. Um, there's a man of God named Elijah. And Elijah was called by God to confront that witchcraft spirit, that Jezebel spirit, the witchcraft. And so that's the first thing I want to say is that when, if you struggle and have come, there's two sides. You can operate in witchcraft. And I'm not talking about casting spells and doing all that stuff, although there might be some people that you're coming out of that and you need to 
break ties with that 100%. New age, recce, all that stuff, you need to break ties with that because it's an open door of control and manipulation, but it comes with a whole host of demonic influence. People that get into the occult and witchcraft, common things you'll see, chaos in their life, perpetual loss, a starving for power. I want power. I want to be operating to power. I want to be around power. I want to manipulate and control my environment. I can't, I can't be, I, I rage. If you, if you call me out on something or you bring something up, <sighs> rage against you. It's, 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 it's a very dark and it hides, it hides itself from power. So if you're feeling like any like rage or like, man, I want to punch that guy right now. Maybe just take inventory. Do you have family lines that are, have been involved in the occult or witchcraft? Have you done Freemason practices? Have you done rituals for the dead or rituals for uh, take vows? Okay. Hope you smell what I'm stepping in right now. We want to break that off. Break that off. God wants to bring freedom with that. I'm going to tap you in, babe. Come on, I just want to set that up. You set, and I'll come back up for more I ministry time. It. Let's go. No, I think we're, we're coming to a close because what we really want to do is we want to pray for people. You know, we can come up here and talk about how, you know, we can rage against Pride Month and all that stuff. But it doesn't really matter if we're going to pipe off and not care about the people in our own church that are struggling with identity, struggling sexual with a sexual type of desires. And that's what we want to do tonight. You know, my whole, uh, it was in, it was right before I went to high school, I asked my mom, and you know, I think I'm like an odd person in my house. I asked my mom, mom, can I please, can you get me a purity ring? All my friends are getting one, can I please get one? <laughs> you know, she's like, all right, I've never heard of this thing, but I'll take you to the store and we'll get you a purity ring. And so I was so, you know, I was, uh, you know, you, can't, you, you know my story. I grew up Lutheran, and then all of a sudden, I went to this non-denominational church, started, they were clapping, and then that was the first time I felt the Holy Spirit just from people clapping, you know? And so I got on fire for Jesus from that moment forward. And so I put this purity ring on, and I was on fire for Jesus. We unashamed of the gospel. Us, me, and a, and a few friends, and Matt included, not knowing that he was going to be my my husband at the time, and my future husband. But we would bring our Bible to class, and yeah, the teacher probably didn't like it. But in science class, I read the whole book of James. You know, I was just I couldn't help myself. I love Jesus. I love the Bible, and we were in all these sports, and we're bringing all these people to our, our youth group, and we were on fire, unashamed of the gospel. And then I got with a guy with, with this purity ring on, and, you know, I don't know what it was, but just like what my husband was saying, we come from, you know, a certain past, and I decided to sleep with him. And from that moment forward, I, I lived with this shame, and I lived with a soul tie with him, one time, it, it, can, it, it was only one time. And from that one instance, I lived my life with a soul tie to this person. And so even if it's just a one-time instance, I'm sharing with you my testimony because I want you to get set free. 
I don't want us to continue to go deeper and deeper into isolation and, and to, you know, where you're just, you can't feel anymore, you don't care anymore. You're just trying to find the, the desire of a man to give you, you know, you give your whole heart to this man outside of the, the covenant of marriage, thinking that you're gonna have security, but it's, it's a false security thinking you're going to be cared for, but it's all false. And so I'm telling you tonight, we are going to get set free. Witchcraft is a wicked spirit. You can be around a person and just feel like all tight, you know, like sometimes we, we have those family members, you go to, you know, for Christmas and it's like grandma who's like, you know, looking in the, like looking and it's just the look that you feel like, okay, I better behave. She's watching me, I'm gonna be controlled, you know? Like, it's this spirit that they don't even have to say anything, but you feel like, okay, I better, I better do exactly what they say or else I'm gonna be disowned. <laughs> exactly what they say or whatever. And so witchcraft is a very wicked spirit. And so if you feel controlled by that spirit, we want it broken off. If you feel like you've been operating in it, usually we operate it in it because we've been controlled by it. So we'll do the same thing that we hated growing up. And so we wanna break off those spirits. And even though we, we highlighted three main things, we highlighted shame, we highlighted uh, sexual immorality, and we highlighted witchcraft. Tonight is a night of freedom. We're gonna have the worship team come back up and we want the ministry team to come forward. We're gonna be here, we're going to pray. And we're going to break things off. We're going to bind the strong man. And I'm telling you, God is here. There is freedom in the room. And, and don't leave feeling any, any anxiety, any type of, the reason why anxiety is coming up is because it's starting to manifest itself that it doesn't want you to go up and get prayer. Prayer is very powerful. Prayer opens the doors. When you pray, it opens the doors. So we'll be here to pray for you, but it's, my prayer will open the door, but it, it'll have to have you come and, and believe with all your heart and give it to God and, and take ownership of it and repent from it and renounce it to forgive. Sometimes it's unforgiveness that really holds us back, but are you willing to come to the altar and to forgive? Maybe you need to forgive yourself. Don't leave this place without forgiving yourself or forgiving whoever. Let it go. And so we're going to just go straight into it. Yeah. Can I add one thing to that as we bring our ministry team up? So as our ministry team comes up here, they're going to they're gonna pray with you and lead you in prayer. But the Bible says this, that if you confess your sins to Jesus, you're forgiven. If you confess to one another, you're healed. So... So there's no shame up here. Everyone on my team, I, I do a background check. Were you really jacked up? Good, now you can be on the team because we don't want no judgment. So I promise you the most jacked up people, Scott Husserow, the most jacked, no, I can't. The formerly most, there's no judgment. And we want to give you a safe place. Some people you've never let that out. And then we're going to pray with you. And then as my wife said, you also need to declare and renounce that thing. Say, God, forgive me. 
for X and I renounce it. I do not agree with it. I break it off of my life. And that's your power. You, you are breaking with the power of Jesus, the legal bind you have to these things. And anything that's tormenting, anything that's attacking you, anything that's disrupting you, you have the power through Jesus to come into agreement with the covenant he made on that cross and break it off of your life. And then you're gonna let that person pray for you. Listen, if, if you're feeling weird or whatever, don't leave until you feel the breaking. The breaking. All right? So the worship team's gonna play a song while you're waiting to get prayer. If you wanna get prayer, go ahead and worship the Lord and then come up here and get prayer. I'm gonna pray for us right now. Worship, our ministry team, please come up. God, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we invite you now. We declare that freedom is in the room. Freedom is the room. Freedom enters the room. Jesus, you are invited in this room. None of your children will be bound, chained, tormented, or held down anymore. Your power is here to free. In Jesus' name. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.